Walkie legend, kill blacks. Welcome to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. I am one of your trio of co-hosts, Chris414 Lepo. With me, as always, are my partners in crime, my brothers from another mother, Markelio Logic Atkins. Yes, yes, y'all. And Richie, the Bears, the Nell. What up, what up? Fellas, today it is the long-awaited, much-anticipated rivalry episode i want to spend some time talking about rivalries not just rivalries that are personal to us but i'm going to go a little deeper to give us each a chance to kind of dive into our own special area because as our listeners know uh we all kind of we have some overlap but we all have our kind of areas of expertise i would say uh and with that, I, I look at this as an, an opportunity for me to learn about some sports rivalries I may not have been as familiar with before as before. So I've done a little research. I've gotten a couple of lists here. I've made a couple of additions and subtractions to said list. But we're talking the 10 best sports rivalries. We won't go all time, but we'll go. 10 best sports rivalries that we can think of today. And I want to start it off because as we know, football season started. We'll get talk fantasy football some other time here because it was a rough week one for some of us. <laughs> but rivalries, and with the beginning of the of football season, we're going to talk about Richie's much beloved Bears against our much respected Packers. And gentlemen, I don't know if it's a tale of two teams headed in different directions or or how you want to do it. I did not catch a ton of the Bears game, but I did sit through and watch that whole goddamn Packers game, and it hurt. Yeah, well, it, so, I mean, um, so I saw virtually none of the Packer game. Um, I was in a meeting. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, but I got home. About, I think I got home during the second quarter uh, of the Bears game. And, and I mean, here's the thing. If we're going to talk rivalries, I'm not even going to talk about present day because it's week one, right? And so the unfortunate thing about a lot of the rivalries that we're probably going to touch on is a lot of these rivalries are rivalries that you would – talk about with a lot of old heads or a lot of like older sports fans, because a lot of these rivalries either aren't rivalries or don't really exist anymore to the point that people care about them or could even tell you that they were a rivalry, uh, which is unfortunate because of the way sports is going. Um, but as you talk about, like, like as we get into the other sports, you'll get my drift. Um, but with I'm, with Bears Pack- I'm waiting for it. I'm but obviously it. with Bears Packers, I mean, they're what three and a half hours apart that on I both on uh, the same road They've played oh. 201 right. times. Right. The I-94 rivalry. Well, right. it's 43 up in Green Bay. And I, I believe oh, I guess you're right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm thinking that's um, what I said. It's a, it's the same road, but it's two different freeways. Once you once you get out of Milwaukee. Um, but it, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know, I, I talked to you guys and you guys remember the bears in the eighties. I don't, I wasn't alive. Yeah, it was. And so, right. And Last so for time me, you this, guys were good. This rivalry <laughs> was, well, we did go to a super bowl in 06. So, um, but it's like, it, it's been one-sided my life, you know? And so it's hard to say that it's really a rivalry when, one team wins well and i'll tell but you know longevity wise and you mentioned old heads longevity wise out of 201 games the packers have won 101 that means that we in in the 201 games the packers and bears have played in the history it's 50 50 off games it is right it is 51 49 percent you know it is it is one that is as close and as meaningful. Yes, I will agree it has been one-sided the last few years. You know, but I mean, 
what the hell was going to happen when you had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Right. You know, I mean, you just especially when the Bears could not put together, a, you know, one over the course. I mean, the only people who maybe did it worse is Washington. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, give me give me a team who's looked for a quarterback longer. <laughs> Miami. Oh God, there you go. You're nailed. Yeah. Right out of the head. But- but just to, to add to you guys, man, I mean, Chris, I know you started out by saying two teams going in different directions, but I don't know. Both of them are equally going in bad directions right now as, as looking at the last game. I think Chicago actually looked a little bit better than the Packers. Um, and and just, just the fact that they were probably playing against uh, what most would consider a better team in the Rams – um, but I would that, absolutely that, agree with that statement. That not, can be, that, that's that can what be I was alluding to. That that still can be contested because I feel as if New, I feel like New Orleans was one of those teams where they always mentioned last year that Breeze wasn't able to push the ball down the field. Now you have a quarterback such as Jameis Winston that has the arm to do that, and and, and it looks like he's the way that the Packers made him seem looks cerebral enough uh, to 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 make the right decision. Um, the one time where we actually put some pressure on him and, and got to him, we were called for the horrible penalty, hey, which did, didn't so matter. I got, I got a question for you, Markelio. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I didn't get to catch much of this game. And every day at school, I try to go through as much as the box scores as I can, right? And football, because tomorrow's the new day. I haven't been through every game yet. Mm-hmm. Um so I have a question because I didn't get to watch the game from the little bit that I did see in the first quarter. Um, did Rashad Gary show up? Um, I mean, I don't know if you can really say anybody showed up. I heard Rashad Gary and Preston Smith um, name out of, out, of, out of everybody other than, you know, the, 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 the penalty play that we got from you know, from Zendarius. Rough in the Canara, that wasn't, yeah. the, which wasn't a, which wasn't a penalty. That, yeah, that exactly. was a bang, bang play. He, that never so, should have happened. I, I don't know if anything was good out, out of that whole game. I, I really tried to look over and figure it out um, where, you know, even, even just, I guess that it's hard. Well, what's to say. the stat sheet say there, Richie? Cause I'm figuring you brought it up for a reason. No, no I just, because, no, no because both him, both him and Cooper, have this innate like four inch chub for Rashawn Gary. So I just figured that <laughs> out of the names, you know, that, that, we, out of the names that we heard. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. One game, one game started zero stats. Hey, Not man. a single tackle. Don't worry. He'll show up in week 11 when we're out of it completely. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> Like hey, Aaron, hey, like, hey. like A-Ross. I'm sorry, week 15. Game. Hey, is that, is that rivalry number 10, Rashawn Gary versus being on the field? But who can we <laughs> – Zach's behind me laughing. <laughs> who, who can we talk – who can we highlight last week? Dude, there was first off, I mean, and really, guys, we're, I, I only want to touch on this for a second before we get back to the rivalries here. But I've seen a lot of people coming for Aaron Rodgers in this game, and I got to say that in the entire game, I watched him on the run. He, the line yeah, broke down and did it again. The, I'm about to say the O line was completely responsible for a major part of the offensive woes on that. Because if you can't give Aaron Rodgers a chance to create an opportunity, and we can all Here. admit Aaron Rodgers is pretty good at making an opportunity in limited pockets and well, outside the pocket and on the run, but I mean, shit, he was just getting hit. Dude, well, he was right, getting but, but the one pick the I Bears saw... Bears have a future, all right? The well, Bears well, have kind on, of keyed on, on their on, quarterback. And, and hold if on, I end up a I fucking think... Bears fan, I'm going to fucking have to shoot hold myself. On. But Chris, and Chris, I think they're, I think what you're saying is twofold, though. The one Rodgers pick that I saw was 100% his fault. And by you saying that these teams are headed in different directions... Which one of the two? Uh, the one in the red zone, where he threw it behind Devontae. Yeah, I think yeah, it was that Devontae. one was absolutely 100% his fault, right? So, he was coming out of the pocket and moving right. up with the run because yes. he had been on the run all day, but still. Right. Um, but to the to what you said before about teams headed in different directions, you're predicating that on one guy. The Bears defense was absolutely atrocious against the Rams. Our defense is gonna be bad this year. And it's because they've they've gotten rid of so many guys that we had when Fangio was here. 
they started to draft and, and they were bringing in all these guys to fit what Pagano wanted to do, which is not the same style Fangio wanted. They've now promoted a guy who wants to run Fangio's defense and we don't have those same guys anymore. And so the defense isn't what it was three, four, five years ago. This defense is going to be a soft defense this year and they're going to have to rebuild the defense. So when you say we're two teams headed in the directions, to me, the only thing I can think of is that you're basically saying Rodgers is gone, Justin Fields is going to be great, and I'm only debating it off of that because there's nothing else that no, says no, they're, they're the Bears are trajectory. Is. Think, I mean, first off, that, let's talk, that, that is that was Devontae very... Adams coming back next year because he broke off all of that? All right, the but Allen Robinson's not coming back either. You know, the, the, right. The, 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 I, and, so uh, how are Jair we headed in the opposite direction? All right. Well, I just, let's put it this way: is I feel like the listen, the Bears have been good, in my opinion, in a decade. In the last couple of drafts, they see at a couple uh, free agency pickups they've they've done things like Khalil Mack, and I understand that was a few years ago, and he's now losing a little step there. But they have actually put some pieces in play, made some steps, made some rough calls, freed up somebody start to stockpile a few things and have got that there. The Packers are getting ready to step into that fray. All right. And whether, and I don't care who you are, you get a year, two year head start on that process. It's going to show up on the field. If it doesn't right. show up this year, it will next year. If you do it while we've got it Jordan love. How, how right. many, how many, how many people would have thought that we would have saw Jordan love in the fourth quarter in the first game of the season? Come on now. So, you know, that, right. that, lets, that lets you know that we really, I mean, Jordan Love is going to have to be, you know, he's going to have to be good, man. That's what we're banking on right now. We're hoping that he, he'll be great. Well, and, and no doubt. And, I mean, uh, just the last thing about it, I mean, you even look at the press conference and Rodgers went about his in a totally different way than LaFleur did. And right now, like, it's 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 got to be frustrating because this guy basically decided he said i'm good enough that i'm gonna do what the fuck i want i'm not gonna be where the fuck i need to be and you guys better better show up to fucking play because we're gonna win because that's what i do and he was the biggest guy that shit the bed you know the best thing about this season humble pie (laughs) We got six. <laughs> we got sixteen more games to go this year. So sixteen you know, more games. That, that's no, the just, exciting thing. Before we move on to the next rivalry here, and, and I, I do want to get a vote on this rivalry to see which way we split. Although I feel like this one's pretty, pretty cut and whatever. I do want to go back to just one point of the history um, between the Bears and the Packers here, which is that. You know, we're talking about a rivalry that is built on respected hard work. These are two teams who, when one team was talking about going to other, the president of the other loaned them money. And I think it was only something like $1,500 that was loaned to George Hallis. Oh, yeah, there, George Hallis loaned to, to Acme or right, whoever. Right, to Act Act whoever it was right. in order to have a league. And 201 or 202, whatever the count is, games later, we st- it stands is still one of the greatest rivalry in sports. So before we move on to the next rivalry here, your vote on this rivalry. I mean, uh, I'm going Packers. Well, why wouldn't you? I'm just, hey, man, you know, some of these, no one really has a horse in this game. So, oh, well, we definitely got horses in this one. So, yeah, so, so I don't even Ruchi, need to speak. Duh, Bears, Danelle for the Bears, <laughs> Mark Elio for the Bears. Fine, let's go to yeah, the next one I that I think will be a unanimous this? vote. The Cubs versus the Brewers. I want to stay on the I-94 circuit there, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin, Illinois yeah. rivalries here because it's near and dear to the heart. Let's get them out of the way right away. Here, yeah, man. I'll start here because, again, another rivalry that for most of my life, uh, my team has just got its dick put in the dirt. Um, the Cubs, you know, towards the end of the 90s there in the early 2000s, when you talk about Sosa, moving Ooh. out from Sosa and then having Derek Lee, um, Aramis there in the middle of the 2000s, Kerry Wood, oh. Mark Pryor. Um, oh, we took a lot of ass beatings. We <laughs> yeah. took a lot of ass beatings uh, with those 90 Brewers and those 2000 Brewers. 
Uh, the Brewers did start to turn the corner, but they still, for whatever reason, couldn't beat the Cubs. They couldn't beat the Cardinals. Um, and then obviously watching the Cubs win a World Series doesn't make it feel any better. Um, and so now you know this did? Year, I mean, uh, Game 163. Right. Well, right. <laughs> but, but, it, but it doesn't matter because we don't have a trophy. We have nothing to show for. And so cool. That's fine. We won game 163, but they have a ring. And at the end of the day, that's what I can. Hey, you know what? It, but, but I want to point out here. I, I think we're ahead of their timeline though. You yes, know? we are very Especially... much. Where, where were they? Were, <laughs> yes, I agree right now. It's, it's swinging the opposite way. The Brewers have the brighter future in the present. The Cubs are in, in the process of rebuilding. Right. Well, I mean, uh, and it took them 100 years to win one. Right. We've only been here for 50. So just under 50. <laughs> so we got to win two. In the and you got to remember, Richie, up. I'm old enough to remember. I mean, I was at game five of the 82 Brewers World Series at a very young and precocious God. Yeah. Uh, five at that point. You know, one of the, my prized collections of my baseball room is uh, my 1982 Brewers World Series poster that they handed out as entry into the game. And um, but you are absolutely right. The back had like the the early not like the 90s to the early 2000s. Like I nearly cried. And two was it 2006 when we made the wild card? Oh wait. First and time I, in right. my life that they had ever made the playoffs. Right. Well, and like, and then maybe it was in 2006, they finally finished over 500 for like the first time in a decade or something. Like, I could tell you guys for a large portion of my life, you didn't go to County Stadium or Miller Park to see the Brewers. You went to go see who the Brewers were playing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I I don't say that I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan now, even, because, even though now I'm baseball is exciting i'm looking at it on my tv right now as i'm doing the podcast but i would say in in those 80s man as a matter of fact i just did a song and i was talking about how right where i'm from where raleigh fingers and pete vukovic used to pitch you know what i'm saying so so it's it's like you know i i think of those those old school teams and and you know that's what made me fall in love with the sport was was those early brewers but also too when you go across you know you you go across that state line and i think about some of my favorite players growing up and just one person that i just cannot shake that i loved growing up was andre dawson come on now and he flew man he was pissed when they put him in the hall where that expos hat yeah (laughs) as he should have been you He's know, like, cause... why are you putting me in? The team doesn't even exist anymore. Put me in under the excellent. Well, you the have more thing... success there. My money's in Chicago, mother. The, the other thing, too, that I, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, the Cubs-Brewers rivalry has to only be, what, 25 years old? Right, because they were in the American League. Right. So previously, it was the White Sox fans and being as what you may refer to Richie as an old head. I want to say here that the difference between the White Sox fans and the Cubs fans is the reason Vast, this is a fucking vastly di- rivalry. Vastly different. Fucking uh, there. I could say th- I, I, there are a handful of close cherished friends who were brought up at a, in, in the lower part of this, the state and are as of a fa- as a result cubs fans and they are perfectly nice people the other 900,000 of you motherfuckers <laughs> there's a we just wait for you to get drunk in a dark alley in Milwaukee and roll you like the bitches you are because the bullshit you have put Milwaukee through with your Wrigley North bullshit has has hit all new highs i've seen you guys shove children I've seen you flip off old men ushers. I've seen you guys pee in popcorn buckets at your seat. Evils. Animals. Right. <laughs> Fucking animals. The game of baseball used to be a sport among men and gentlemen. But before I go off on that tangent, <laughs> we will now move on to my non-Wisconsin-based sports rivalry sports rivalry questions for you guys and i say that because you know i i one second here as i pull up my list 
because really there are some ones here that I, I remember, but I wasn't really a part of, you know, um, Lakers Celtics. I was brought up in this heyday, you know, kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm the NBA jam generation, if I want to put myself on there, uh, but I was not a huge basketball fan. And so the Lakers Celtics never really built for me. I'm aware that it is a rivalry. I will tune in and watch the game because I like when, you know, you put that extra funk on a sport of a rivalry. It gets my juices going. Yeah. I, guys, tell me about the Lakers Celtics rivalry. Man, it's a it's a classic. When you really think of the, you know, it, I mean, it, it extends beyond just Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. But of course, those those names come to mind um, because you had you know two different styles of play. You had Showtime. You had two different coasts, um, and you know uh, all all the. All, I am, I'm, I'm a young black male. All the people from the hood wanted LA to win. <laughs> it was riding, it was riding with magic because it was showtime. So it was a little, it was a little cultural diversity there too. Um, but I mean, it's always been two of the greatest, you know, franchises in the NBA. Um, you know, uh, so many championships come along LA and come, you know, along Boston. With Red Ironback and um and you know Pat Riley and it's just so it's so many great players that's come out of there. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, um, generations to come aren't gonna know what these rivalries really mean. You know, um, Markilla, one thing that you pointed out that I had heard Larry Bird talk about. Um, Larry Bird talks trash with the best of them. If you haven't read some Larry Bird trash talking quotes, that is a great read. But he made a comment about today's game. And he said, you know, and they said, hey, you know, had you and Magic, you know, we know you're really good friends off the court. Had there ever been any discussions about you guys playing together? And his immediate response was not probably, a fucking chance. I was going to say because, probably fucking all. <laughs> because we wanted the same thing. We yeah. both wanted to be the best player in the NBA. And we both wanted a championship for our team. And that wasn't going to happen with us playing together. And yeah. so that's what made us rivals on the court, but made us great friends after we both retired. Uh, I mean, even if, as you keep going, you know, I, I'm sure you remember like the Bulls and the Pacers, even as recently as 20 years ago, Jordan and Reggie. And, you know, and then you had um, Ewing eventually coming in there with the Knicks, but like, rivalries in basketball just aren't the same because of player movement and all these guys joining teams and all that. Um, I will say though, it was nice to be a part of it, to see it. Um, when the Celtics won theirs, I think it was 08. And then the Lakers won theirs 09, 010. Uh, we, we really saw it because it was two, or it was twice in three years that they matched up in the finals. Uh, when you had KG Pierce, Ray Rondo, and then you had Kobe uh, Powell and, and his crew, um, it was good to see for a little bit there. We got rivalries back in the NBA um, where guys just hated each other. And it, and it was, it was awesome. That that's a, that's something that you probably won't see in the NBA, at least for a while. The Bulls hated the Pistons, baby. No doubt. No doubt. And bad boys Pistons, it was right? I Pistons mean, versus the world, man. Everyone no doubt. hated the Pistons. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, Dennis Rodman has that effect on everybody. <laughs> But, it, but, but, but I mean, the, but you, you go watch some of those old highlights, you know, you talk about Bill, Bill Russell, and then you go into Kareem and then it's Will like Chamberlain, said, Will it's Chamberlain so right. And then you had Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. Um, then you had, uh, God, who was the Bob Cousy? You know what I mean? I mean, you have all, like you, oh, like you said, there's all these great players that came out of that rivalry. Um, and it's unfortunate that probably that part of basketball has, uh, well, then let's start telling the listeners go out. You know, YouTube is good for all sorts of things like watching old yeah. games. You should check some of these out. Uh, no bring, your, bring your hometown, hometown rivalry back to life here. With that being said, Richie, I'm going to steer this next one uh, back into your lane here. Ohio State versus Michigan. Oh, man. I don't... Being from the Midwest, I don't know 
that there's a bigger rivalry for us uh, in this area than that. I mean, you go out west, there's big rivalries there. You go down south, there's big rivalries there, and they're different for different reasons. But you always got juiced up when you knew Michigan and Ohio State were going to play because once upon a time, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh wasn't losing eight in a row. Um, you actually had competitive games and coaches where it was back and forth. You had Light Carr, Jim Trestle, a lot of great Hall of Fame players. Uh, once upon a time, you think about it, you had Charles Woodson and Orlando Pace, both, both in the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, these games were fun to watch. They were awesome because they truly hate each other. Um, Michigan is the team up north. Ohio State is the team down south. I mean, that's how they talk <laughs> about each other. They don't use those words. Um, but, but this rivalry has really become a joke. Jim Harbaugh just hasn't been able to do anything. Right. Um, I, I, and, and I said it when we talked about college football a couple of weeks ago, I think the most exciting thing I'm looking forward to this year is I would like to see Ohio state put up a hundred because Jim Harbaugh runs his mouth and Ryan day told them that he hopes they have a mercy rule. Cause they're going to put up a hundred on it. Um, rivalry. Remind me what, to put a little money on that, Richie, uh, but, uh, put a little money on um, that, uh, uh, that but, fact but, that but he it's, puts up it's one of those things. Like, I know you got like, like we talk about the pros and stuff like that. And, and you guys both know this about me. I'm a bigger college football fan than I am an NFL fan. I'm a bigger college basketball fan than I am an NBA fan. And that doesn't mean I don't love the NBA, NFL and the NBA, but rivalries is a part of that love. There's just certain aspects when it comes to culture, tradition, rivalry, every game means something because exactly. you could end up, you could end up not being a part of a championship game because you lose and, See, that's and, the difference, man. That's the difference that I feel between, like, college and the pros. Like, I feel like every week these college guys are putting it out on the line. Right. And, you know, I, you know, they're, they're giving off a different energy than as Right. Game. As you guys talk about that, I want, I want to throw this out there. As you guys – as Chris talked about YouTube being a great thing, if you got YouTube, if you got Instagram, whatever, however you watch your videos, go on and watch Virginia Tech's entrance against the University of North Carolina from about three weeks ago. Since the year 1999 or the year 2000, Virginia Tech comes out every home game to enter Sandman. It is one of the best entrances in, in sports. It's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, Michigan-Ohio State, I mean, I mean, that is the epitome of, of Midwest football. It's dirty football. It happens in the cold, in the snow, and it's just it just smack each other in the mouth, blue collar, like we talked about with the Bears and the Packers. It's the team up north against the team down south. They hate each other, and they just want to beat the shit out of each other and say, see you next year, asshole, as they ride out with their middle fingers in the air to the opposing team. God damn, I love this sport. Al, <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to add to that? No, man. Like I was saying, man, college is just it's this whole different level of intensity every week. Is, is anybody well, else we ready to fucking throw some pads on and go play, or is it just me? I'm about to say it's getting it's getting heated, right? It's getting fun here. All right, L, I'm gonna kick this one kind of back into your thing here because you know on the basketball, especially college basketball, certainly been your thing, or at least it comes that way to me. You're my friend. You're the you're the one who I go to when I've got questions. <laughs> so, Duke versus North Carolina. Oh man, classic. Um, I mean, it's almost where do you want to start? You, you got another one of those rivalries where, you know, the, the, the places are like eight miles apart. Uh, they got the tobacco road that kind of separates them. Um, been going at it for, I mean, so many years and so many great names to come out of there um, from, you know, the, the Bobby Hurley's to the J.J. Reddick's to, you know, the, the, the Hubert Davises and Michael Jordans. It's, it's so many James Worthies to the Christian Leitners of uh, college. And anyone, you know, they can say anything about Christian Leitner, but Christian Leitner was the shit at Duke. <laughs> Facts. But no, um, man, it's just, it's one of those rivalries. When you think of college basketball, you immediately look at that schedule and you wonder when you see that North Carolina Duke game. Now, has this rivalry, would, I mean, in your opinion, because, I, I, you know, I, it seems to me like this rivalry has kind of fared better than some others in college, you know, in college basketball. 
as a whole, right? I mean, would you guys still say that the, you know, Richie, that seems to be your biggest shout against some of the rivalries I'm giving you is they're just not modern day rivalries. Um, do you North, Car- North Carolina break that mold at all? Oh, dude, this rival. I mean, look, I just looked it up. All right. If I was at the University of North Carolina right now, it would be a 14 minute car drive. It would be a, oh, it's loading. It's technically a three hour walk. It's nine miles. Okay. So that just gives you an idea of how close, like Elsa, how close these schools really are. And wow. whether UNC has had a down year, like many considered them to have last year, or Duke has a down year, which is very rare, if ever. Um, these two teams play their best when they play each other. And, and that's what rivalry is about. We have, what, the Cameron yeah. Crazies. And, and the best part, again, I mean, when you, when you get guys, right, we, we have the unfortunate event of having to listen to, to Joe Buck and fucking Troy Aikman every Sunday. <laughs> right. And what, what makes, what makes college basketball and, and this is a credit to him and it's a credit to ESPN putting him in those places. But when you get Dickie V at a UNC Duke game, Classic. I, I don't know if, if the hairs stand up on my arm any higher. You just feel he, good, baby. <laughs> Right. <laughs> when when you start hearing the diaper dandies yeah. and the Cameron crazies and oh man, like that that's rivalry. I mean, that is what it's about. I mean, and, and it's crazy because again, nine miles down the road from each other, and I can two schools hate each other anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're such elite players, man. Just think of the, the last couple of years, oh. man. You got Zion. Right. Got, I mean, it's... Well, I mean, just think about it, right? We talk about Duke. You brought up a lot of the Duke names, and then you go to UNC. You talk about Sheed, Vince Carter, Twan, exactly. MJ. Um, we can even go to Antoine Jameson. Yeah. Um, I mean, geez. Antoine it's... Jameson was a walking bucket. One of the most slept-on players in the game. And then you go, and then you keep going to the mid-2000s. You got J.J. Redick, and then they had John Shire, who's going to be the the next head coach. And UNC had Raymond Felton and Sean May. And, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Good times, man. Good times. Oh, God. And get North Carolina State. Chris, I'm going to have to get you over to the house for a good rivalry game, man, because. Oh, absolutely. Zach's a big college guy, too. And so it, it, I mean, this, this, that, that's the kind of shit I eat up. Like I, I don't need to have a horse in there. When I show up, I will pick one right. and then I will defend we, we, it to the fucking death. If he's not, <laughs> if, if he's not, uh, if he's not sleeping yet, if he's not sleeping yet and here's this, we got to get together for an Alabama Auburn game. That yeah. shit will oh, show yeah. you what that's some intense. real, some real fisticuffs yeah. <laughs> can come to. But back to, right. back to, back to the UNC situation right. do you think do you think is that the game where Grayson Allen was tripping everyone man I, I feel I like don't, I don't remember <laughs> well that was a, he did it over the course of a couple games but I don't remember if it was specifically that game um if it was UNC but I do remember Tyler they busted Tyler Hansborough's face uh, yeah. and he was bleeding all out of his nose bloody down his, oh yeah yes and and I think he went for 50 that night all right, fellas, I've got a couple more. I don't think they're going to rate the excitement that you two just gave me over those. I mean, God, if I had only known, I would have dug a little deeper into the college sports here for you two fanatics here. All right, so I'm going to go. The, the last one will be more of an old heads question. I know it's going to go there. This one, Richie, I feel like is still, still relevant today. Maybe not as much as it had been in the last 20 years, but still relevant. Red Sox Yankees. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I gotta say here because my son, one of the failures of my life is I raised a Yankees fan. All right. With that being my, with that being said, uh, my wife and I got together during the Red Sox run to end the curse. So, oh my God, and Richie's breaking out. Is that Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig? 
Uh, it looks like you got Don Mattingly. He's got. A, I didn't realize you were such a Yankees fan. There it looks like Mickey Richie's pulling out all of his Yankees artwork. I was unaware you were such a Yankees fan. There, Richie. Uh, not not a true Yankees fan. <clears throat> uh, we had we actually got this donated to us for the our golf outing this year, and our head coach was going to sell it for fifty bucks. And I was like, dude, if you're only going to sell this portrait for fifty bucks, I'll buy it off you for cash right now. Because Absolutely. this is worth like that's fifty dollars. I about Gosh, to say that was fifty dollars. Well, he sold it to there, me Richie. for fifty. But my dude, I'll tell you, man, it was a rough day when I came home, and that Derek Jeter poster and that Yankees championship flag was up. Just for the record, listeners, I went into my. I then immediately went out and bought the largest Green Bay Packers logo insignia. It, it was like a circular cover for something. And I screwed it to the top of his bed and he came home and I, he was like, what the hell is this? I was like, I've already clearly, I've clearly I failed you with baseball. You're a Yankees fan and I can't change that, but they're the Yankees of football. So enjoy it, son. And I'm sure Richie doesn't feel that's an accurate statement, but uh, you know, God, for the love of God, man, there was nothing worse than coming home after, you know, as a Brewers fan and seeing that Yankees, <laughs> seeing all that Yankees gear, the jerseys, the hats, the sweatshirts, the banners. It was rough. And on top of that, I was always kind of more of a Red Sox guy, man. I've, I've had the, I haven't had a chance to go out to the new Yankee Stadium. I have been uh, to the Red Sox Stadium. Um, you know, one of those historic baseball, for those of you who might be fans of going out and touring, uh, stadiums and checking them out, uh, absolute must see worth a while experience to go and check out a Red Sox game. Great time. Go out there and hang out outside the stadium as well as inside, drink it in, live the experience and all that. But really, I mean, for two teams that are pretty good about throwing the money at, at attempted championships, and it hasn't seemed like much of a rivalry, although the history is dictated so. And certainly, if we're going to count championships, the Yankees have hands down had it. You know, I mean, yeah, when you get, I mean, what, what's the count? 27, 28? Uh, 27, I think, was their last one. Right. I mean, come on, Derek Jeter, Mario Rivera, Jorge Posada, and Alex <laughs> Rodriguez. I mean, the core four. I've always felt like the Yankees was like a cult like of, of baseball because they always had the weird tradition of shaving and, you know, Ortiz. George Steinbrenner. Yeah, Ortiz beard was much cooler. So I just always felt like, you right. know. That, I love they, Big Poppy, they, dude. Well, That's just they, it, right? They, it's, it's, I absolutely agree with that. It's like the, the, the Yankees are, were owned and managed by a lunatic. <laughs> whose shit just didn't make any sense. And, and as a response, the Red Sox were kind of like, fuck that, come over here. It's a wicked pisser. You know? <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, all, I'm all Red Sox and the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. Do I think it's as a rivalry as, as it has been? No, but I mean, I think there's still some fight there. Although, I mean, God, the Yankees really threw it at, threw money at it the last couple of years. Come on, man. Pedro Martinez. I just like, I like the attitude behind Boston. Oh, dude. Remember what he, what's the bald head coach he threw for the, the you know, whoever it was, the, the Yankees coach who came out the dugout all pissed <laughs> and Pedro grabbed him by his bald head and just tossed him to the ground. He was like, and Richie, 70, if you've never seen that, you this guy's like 79. <laughs> like Pedro oh, was just like, dude. Pedro was like, you must be out your fucking mind. Grabbed him by each side of his bald head and just a little, a little so, stuff to the side. <laughs> so there's, there's two things that I want to bring up in this rivalry. And the first one is, if you guys could tell me, I don't know if it gets any more Boston Yankees than this. There's essentially three series left in the season. So that puts us anywhere between nine to 12 games left in, in the baseball year, okay? Right now, there are three teams tied for the final spots in the playoffs. At 82 and 64, and at 83 and 65, 
We have the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox fighting for the last wild card spot. I don't know that it gets any more intense than that. The second part of this is I'm going to read something absolutely asinine. The Boston Red Sox on July 4th, for a price of $25,000, sold the contract to one, Babe Ruth, to the New York Yankees. And you know why? It's to finance a play. Do you know the play? No, 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 dude. It's an awful fucking play. It's a shit fucking musical. They sold Babe Ruth. And at that point, the Red Sox were the Yankees. That's like the Red Sox won all their championships as almost as in part as like the Boston Braves. We're, I'm going to go back there, folks. All right. So the, when I say the Red Sox were the Yankees, we're going early, early fucking baseball. They were dominant as fuck. They trade off Babe Ruth. The Yankees go on to put, Babe Ruth goes to put more rings than fingers on every member who ever decided to show up there. And the rest is fucking history for $25,000. Now, of course, when that deal was made, what are we talking? 19? Uh, I think 1914, I think is what right. it was. Right. You know, I mean, $25,000 is, you know, millions Back of Back then was and, a lot of money. Right. Correct. It was a shit ton of money. So it wasn't that, but I mean, fucking A. Yeah. No, no, there. Let's put it this way. When you look at it as a shit deal, a hundred years, a hundred plus years after it fucking happens, that is a colossal shit deal, right? That is, you're right. That is, and that is right. Brought the curse of the Bambito, which brought the fucking drought to Boston for, for fucking ever. Cause right. You know, I mean, fucking Buckner, man. Right. We can do this all day. Oh, is yeah. how the uh, Is how the Red Sox managed to blow it in spectacularly just amazing ways in ways that no sports team has blown shit before the Red Sox seem to do it, but they finally and that, pulled it together. And that's why the Red Sox should win that final wild card spot. Because yeah. I, feel, I feel like they deserve it, How many games do they have listen, left listen, against each other? Let, let me just say this, okay? I don't know against let me, each other. Let, let me just say this. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that the Boston Red Sox would have played as well this year? This was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Right. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely I mean, right. was. And and so they okay, so they play each other. Uh, so there's and what, okay, so I'm a little off. So they have so today. Okay, so today's the fifteenth. So the Red Sox have to play Baltimore for three, the Mets for two, the Yankees for three, the Orioles for three, and Washington for three, and then they're done. So that's so one, the two, was- three. So there's five the Orioles are left, shit so- this year. So right. It seems like two of those should be cakewalks, and then three of them they're going to have to work on a little bit. There. Right, and so that's Boston's schedule, and so the Yankees have left. Uh, I'm just waiting for it to load. Uh, they have to play Cleveland, Texas, Boston, oof, at Toronto, home for Tampa. Well, you know, so things are looking up for Boston, folks. Right. To my son. I'm so sorry, son. I, uh, I, I wish I could shed a tear every time the Yankees lost, but you know, every time that happens, there's a drunken Boston who gets another beer. So final, final one, guys. All right. And this one, L, this is for you, Richie. I'm not sure how familiar you are with this rivalry. I am I, I you know, I'm familiar with it because I grew up in the general age all right i'm not that fucking old but for boxing fans all over the world frazier versus ali you're on mute oh well let me get off mute because (laughs) someone that that did a lot of talking during that time was of course uh, muhammad ali cassius clay man and um i mean that the rumble in the jungle man i mean it's it's one of the classics. I, I feel like that's where almost like Rocky came from. Some of those, some of those rounds. You were you, you had the the young, pretty Muhammad, and you know you had Frazier, the 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 the, the left hander that that had the power to take off your head, and you know it, you just they collided the two forces. Um, I 
you don't get those type of heavyweight matches nowadays. So when you speak of, you know, the Muhammad Ali and the Frazier, I mean, that's, that's the epitome of, of the sport when I feel like it was at one of, one of the high points, you know, before, before Tyson came out there, you know, so. Right. Right. Cause I know we've had the conversation. Uh, I, I know with, uh, with so good. Friend. They had to do it a couple times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, is who the best ever is. And while Frazier never seems to be in that conversation of the best boxer ever, he is always in the conversation of like the best boxing rivalries ever. You know, I mean, with him and Ali, they, I think they really kind of set that bar high. I'm not saying that they didn't exist before then, but I don't feel like they were as prominent as that. I feel like Ali, and maybe it was just because Ali knew how to shit talk at such a high level that it was so public and he was so outspoken and so well-spoken and, you know, took so many stances and always was in the public eye that it turned into this huge rivalry, um, you know, but it, it, to me, it's right. It's, it's the, it's, those are the boxing matches where I, I legitimately will go back and watch you guys. When somebody wants to throw on an Ali Frazier fight, I'll pretend like I've never seen it before, you know, and sit there to enjoy it round by round because it is, it, you know, they were a spectacle to behold. Right. As I think you see one, the more technical dance fighter, the other one was kind of the more get it there, do it in the freaking you know, in the trenches sort of guy. And, uh, you know, to do it in the time they did, uh, the places that they did was just yeah. uh, really incredible. You know, I mean, it, just, uh, you know, I mean, we talk about the greatest the, the trilogy. Ever, we start talking. Yes. Tr- uh, trilogy. I man, mean, they I started mean, it, you know, it's like, who? I mean, fuck watching whoever the, you know, I mean, what is it? Wielder and what? Tyson now or fucking, you know, I mean, Mike got in there with Evander and couldn't stop himself from acting like the hungry, hungry hippo and stuff. Come on, when when the last time you seen two heavyweights coming here? You know, with the first time that they fought, uh, let, let's see, Joe Frazier was t- twenty six and oh with twenty three knockouts. Muhammad Ali was thirty one oh and twenty five. Come on, man. Right. I mean, and that goes back to what you said. Frazier won the first boxes. one too. By the way, right. right. For those of you who aren't paying attention, right, they did the three fights. Frazier won the first one. Muhammad Ali takes the next two. And it leads back to where, you know, Richie kind of alluded to, you know, where we talk about how rivalries aren't rivalries anymore. You know, I think boxing and not even MMA, even though MMA hasn't been around that long, they, they have the same issues. These trilogy fights very rarely have the pop to go three you know i mean it seems like the you know it's like three they've squeezed as much blood from the rock as you can you know fraser ali you were hoping there'd be a four you know like your people were fucking money it had four four you know hey hey, i I will say you talk about rivalries you know one that really changed and um i'll know i know for a fact when i bring this up i'll i'll see the reaction from from Chris's face, L, I, I'm still picking your brain to see how deep everything goes and what to, what topics you are super knowledgeable about. But the one rivalry that I remember watching growing up because we didn't have cable, so what we were watching was selective, doesn't exist anymore. But I remember watching Warren Sapp and Brett Favre when it was the NFC Central division when it was the Bucks and the Packers, and those guys used to just get dirty. But it they loved it. You remember? I remember. It was so really much clearly. respect from there. Oh, it, but they were. It, or, it, but there was just cheap shot after cheap. I'm about shot. to say, dude. I I remember one game in particular where Ward Sapp came out and blindsided oh, like Mark Tauscher, whoever it was. Right, and I forget who our coach, who who is now like a high school football coach, because he was fucking awful. Not was it, it's not Holmgren, was it Ray Rose? No, 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 no. It was in between. Who the gray Mark, hair glasses? Um, oh, Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman. Mike that's Sherman. absolutely it. Mike Sherman, like, went up to Rollard and Sapp after the game and told him that it was a cheap shot. And it took, like, five security officers for stopping Warren Sapp from going after him, ripping off his head. It was a perfectly legal hit at the time. It's now right. an illegal hit in today's football. Perfectly legal hit at the time. And fucking 
clean hit, took him out of the game. Like that was it. He's injured. He was out. But they but were, yes, I agree. They were best friends, they were man. They, they were, were knockout drinking. Fucking... <laughs> no but man, that's that... just, that's that's the best competing with the best. You know, you had Warren Sapp that right. was just crazy at that time. I, I, to... I, you who would have ever thought that? Well, yeah, we should have thought that Warren Sapp was going to be that good because he's been that good ever since he was right. at Miami. Miami, so, right? But to, but to what Chris said, for those of you that do get the chance to that that are into this kind of stuff. Um, some of the ones that Chris didn't bring up that immediately jump out at me. Um, we talked about Alabama, Auburn, you have Oklahoma, Texas. Um, the one that I really like that you guys are probably a little more familiar with that I hope gets back to the way it was about seven or so years ago, Seattle, San Francisco uh, really started to pick up there in the middle uh, 2010s uh, when both were Super Bowl contenders. Um, we'll see what happens when in the NBA. San Francisco um, still hates the, Seattle, right? But yeah. those of you that that are fans of sports that we didn't bring up, there is one that my former roommate put me onto, and Liverpool, Manchester United. Mm. If you have not seen any of those matches, that is some intense stuff. It yeah. I, soccer fans are crazy. They might kill Shit, you. Starting on fire in the stands. <laughs> Throwing shit on the field. Oh, those guys get after it over there. Hey, but well, I, wanted guys, to, then... I wanted to make a big correction before we went out. I think I said Rumble in the Jungle. I get the rhyme and I'm a rapper. It was the Thriller in Manila, of course. Sorry. Thriller in Manila. And with that, folks, that brings us to an end of our rivalry episode. I know we just touched on it. If you haven't yet, please hit that like, hit that follow button, tell a friend. Make a suggestion. If there's anything you'd like to hear from us, you can always find our emails and links from all of us here at ES3N. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Walk you lazy. Kill blacks.